Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. SRN Survival Radio Network. Several weeks, a couple weeks ago, we did a, a show and dedicated to 
uh, none other than Ms. Aretha Franklin. Uh, we also had a show, and we uh, talked with someone, uh, Mr. Elsie Johnson, who uh, wrote a very nice book uh, regarding his life, and hopefully you will glean something uh, from that as well. Now, today I'm not alone, and uh, I have some uh, great friends and colleagues. Uh, as you know, um, one of them is Mr. Jeffrey A. Lamar. Uh, he has been our associate producer of the show. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Jeffrey A. Lamar. Hello there. Good afternoon. Good morning to some. Uh, All hope right. everybody's doing well. Great. All right, Jeffrey, I'm glad uh, you're able to carve out some time for us today. And, uh, you know, basically, I've been telling everybody, we've been uh, trying to be diligent as far as getting um, some uh, information out there. Uh, and uh, you were very instrumental in, uh, you know, bringing on some uh, um, people regard to the kombucha, which is a good episode a while back. I'm still drinking that stuff, so... <laughs> So I don't know how you're getting along with kombucha, but uh, uh, I think it's something that, that everybody needs to know about. Yeah, I've been drinking it myself. I actually found a couple places here that sells Cali kombucha, so uh, I've been picking up bottles here and there, uh, drinking it. Um, so I didn't get my work out in this morning, but I'll probably get my exercise in uh, walking at the game, uh, visiting all the tailgates. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's another topic we're going to probably do in the future. We, As you all know, it is football season, and we want to try to uh, get some information to you and see how we can do things just a little uh, uh, more healthier. Now, uh, later in the show, we're going to bring on Dr. Denise Gooch. Uh, today's going to be a little different. We're going to have like a weekly wellness roundtable, and uh, we're going to ask Dr. Denise Gooch to come on to the show. She's no stranger to the show. Uh, she's brought to us. Uh, several good topics in the past, and so uh, today is not going to be any different. So before we do that, we'll go to our first commercial break. So ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned so that you can be informed. If your company needs a voiceover professional, call me at 646-504-1376. I'm Dane Reed. That's 646-504-1376. I'm there for you when you need live announcing for events, company voicemails, commercials, professional voiceovers for important videos, voicemails, and anything else your company might need. Call me at 646-504-1376. Interested in doing voiceovers? I also do consultations. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. 
Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. You may have heard the phrase, deals are done on the golf course, but do you know how that happens? The book Nine Holes, Nine Goals will provide hole-by-hole guidance on what to do and mistakes to avoid during a round of business golf. Pre-order your copy today at NineHoles9Goals.com because closing deals on the golf course is no longer just a phrase. You can do it too. SRN Survival Radio Network. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the weekly wellness show here on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, pharmacist, physician, entrepreneur, Dr. Aaron Williams. Co-hosting with me today is none other than our social producer, Mr. Jeffrey A. Lamar. I'd like to bring on our guest for today. Our guest today is no stranger to the show, as I mentioned to you before the break. Uh, she's been on the show several times and talked about several topics that are very important to us, and today is not any different. She went to medical school at Georgetown uh, University, and she also did her residency in radiation oncology at the Ohio State University. She also did a fellowship in further specializing in radiation oncology at the Ohio State University. She's also been busy recently. As you know, education is something that we continue and it's always continues. She never stopped learning and she just completed her master's degree in healthcare administration. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show Dr. Denise Gooch. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Williams, my friend and colleague. How are you doing today? Good, good. You know, I I feel so elated today. I got, I got and I, I'm not trying to call y'all old, but I got two good old friends on today. <laughs> <laughs> that always feels good, exactly. That always feels good. I feel like I'm in the living room, you know. Um, you know, I've been doing Jeff forever, and, and I've been doing Denise forever, I mean, Dr. Goose. So uh, it's just good. I'm so glad you all are able to come on to the show. Uh, because, you know, this week I want to kind of do like a round table. You know, I want to talk about some late current, uh, latest current topics that have been going on and, you know, kind of get some feedback from you all on this. And, you know, I guess all of us are trying to stay healthy. You know, this week I went to my personal doctor on Monday just to get my weekly, oh, well, not weekly checkup, but <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> I hope not, Aaron. <laughs> Damn, yeah, let me correct that. Yeah, I, I try to go every six months, you know. And you, you all know, uh, you know, things things sneak up on you. And then I look at it like this: you're paying health care insurance, so you might as well use it. Um, yeah, and we've been great. on the show, yeah, just talking about prevention and stuff. So right. you know, I was in my doctor's office, and he talked about uh, the flu shot. You know, he said, "Well, you want to go ahead and get your flu shot?" And I was like, so "I was thinking it's September," and I'm like, "Isn't it kind of early for the flu shot?" And um, <laughs> you know, he. You know, he said, well, you know, we're kind of doing it a little earlier this year. So 
Uh, I didn't end up getting I ended up setting up another appointment. But I thought it was interesting. I read up on it a little bit. Uh, you know, you know. I guess what a lot of people maybe not understand is that, you know, the timing of the flu season isn't the same every year. It kind of varies, and it varies right. on different strains, you know. And a lot of times the, the fullest amount of, of the season is usually December, January, February. But, you know, as you all both know with the vaccine, the purpose of the vaccine is to introduce you uh, to this so you can build up antibodies four to right. six weeks. You know, just to so you can fight this off. So the CDC came out this week and recommended uh, that people get their vaccines by the end of October. They want you to do it by by Halloween. So I thought that was kind of odd. And the other announcement that they had was the fact that the nasal spray, which has kind of been unavailable for the past couple years, is going to be available. So. You know, I don't know, uh, Dr. Gooch, I mean, you, you live in another part of the country. I don't know whether you've heard right. anything different, but what's, what's your take? Well, that's a good uh, point, uh, Aaron, uh, Dr. Williams. And I also did some research, and as you said, you're constantly hearing ads about the flu uh, shot and the flu vaccine, and you go to a store and they say, get your free uh, flu vaccine here. And as you were saying, as I was looking it up, they were saying in the Southern Hemisphere or pretty much right. Australia, they're actually having their flu season now. So I guess they're concerned potentially that it may even migrate up a little sooner than we expect. So right. that's my impression of one of the reasons they're thinking about maybe offering it a little sooner because, as you said, um, most uh, doctors and most clinics are recommending, like, by the end of October, as you said, around Halloween at the latest, maybe starting at the end of September, which, of course, is coming up. But I guess looking at the flu season in Australia and our, our southern neighbors, they're, I guess, trying to be prepared to make sure that, you know, I guess we're not caught off guard because we know that flu can have a lot of morbidity and, unfortunately, mortality because in the 1900s, as you know, that was one of the main uh, causes of death. So I guess they're trying to make sure that people are being vaccinated. And as you just wisely stated, this will be the first time in two years they're actually going to have the nasal spray again, um, Mm -hmm. which, as you know, initially they were thinking it might be good for children, you know, so they don't have to get those shots. But the other thing is, you know, you have to look at some of the potential um, contraindications, especially if people have a lot of allergies, because unlike the flu shot or the the vaccine that's a shot, that's actually a dead, um, that's actually dead virus versus the actual flu, the nasal spray, as you know, is actually, it's a small amount, but it's actually live virus and just a small amount, not enough to cause an infection, but to trigger off your body to activate an immune response. So that's something else. So someone who may be a little immunocompromised or something like that probably should not get the nasal spray. Yeah, it's very, uh, very key that people get informed. You know, talk to your pharmacist. Talk to your doctor about it, you know, because and there's certain populations that also recommended the fact that uh, individuals age six months and older who don't have, right. you know, any specific reason not to get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Right. Uh, and it's right. particularly important in the older population where, you know, if, in, in the older population, people who tend to get the flu have more complications. So uh, it's one right, of those things. Exactly. 
yeah, I, I think it's it's not a bad time to get a get a shot. Um, uh, Jeffrey, have you heard anything on your front uh, in in your neck of the woods there uh, in sunny Florida? Uh, yes, you know we have a friend Anthony Stewart, which is a pharmacist, and I just happened to stop by to see him. He's like, "Hey, you know you can get your flu shot here free. Dang, uh, really? The season's starting <laughs> uh, pretty early, so they're it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. starting to." Uh, you know, advertise it early because of the different strains that's coming out from a, once again, an end user perspective. Uh, uh-huh. I was looking like flu shot. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, it, this was like a couple of weeks ago, so it wasn't even September uh, yet. <laughs> and I'm like flu shot. And then it just coincidentally, we just, we started doing the research on this and I'm starting to see where, you know, the reason it's coming out earlier is based on some of the things you guys just discussed, and there's different strains out there, and they want to go ahead and start trying to catch it early before it becomes a major epidemic again. Interesting. Yeah. Right. And uh, some of the good news about the uh, flu shot this year, they think it will be a lot more effective because as a lot of people probably remember last year, they said it was probably only 36% effective against mm-hmm. the actual, you know, flu influenza virus that they were seeing. So that was something that a lot of people were concerned about. But this year they're predicting, I think they said 59% effectiveness. So that's almost double. So I think that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. That it's a lot better. Exactly, exactly. Well, the other startling thing this week was I was made aware and it's out there that some of the latest data shows that 70, there's been a 75% increase in e-cigarette use among high school students this year compared yeah. to 2017. 75% is a lot. And yeah. so, you know, that forced the chief of the FDA to come out uh, this week and announce uh, potential sanctions against manufacturers and retailers who they find that are selling e-cigarettes uh, to minors, particularly these flavored uh, e-cigarette liquid. So I kind of find that really disturbing that, some, you know, I can see, you know, I'm not saying I can see, but 5%, 10% is one thing, but That's 75%, right. that is a significant increase. And, uh, you know, I I don't know, Dr. Gucci, I mean, I, I I hadn't studied recently the data on the whether, you know, we all we all know smoking is bad, but I think right, the jury right. is still out on, on whether doing this, this vapor thing increases your risk of cancer. Any right, and as you said, right, since it's new, unfortunately, um, I don't think we'll ever get the full answer, but from some of the research yeah. I was looking at, one of the things they are concerned about is that uh, by doing these e-cigarettes, which as you know initially were created to try to help adults stop doing the other type of cigarettes, but with children actually starting, they actually, it may be the other direction. They actually may progress to start using the other mm-hmm. cigarettes, and there still is nicotine in it. So it's not like it's nicotine-free. I mean, it may not have some of right. the other toxic chemicals, but it still does have nicotine in it. So that's what actually more kids are actually doing vaping, and actually more adults are quitting smoking. So it's kind of... It's not a good place to be. I mean, it's almost as though they're trying to, like, recruit a new generation early so they can be future smokers. Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, Jeff, have you, you, you're, you're at a university campus. Um, did you see a lot of that um, 
on 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 campus? You know, I don't see a lot of vaping, but I see a lot of vape shops now that are coming, you know, yeah. where you can go get the e-cigarettes and stuff. And I see a whole lot more of, it's almost like that's the new street corner store, so to speak. You know, how right. you can be the alcohol stores or you can come in and get cigarettes really cheap. Uh, now, I think the vape stores are becoming, uh, I'm seeing a lot of vape stores and cigar uh, bars. So, and I think the cigar wow, right, right. Yeah. towards it cater towards the adults but you know i do see a lot of vape stores and there are a lot of vape franchises and uh things coming about so you know with with you know within a capitalistic society uh most people are going to set up something where the money's being spent so um yeah but it, it's funny where it's always like why put it in this neighborhood to me where a lot of kids are you know kind of thing right. so yeah that's from my perspective is how i see it Okay, okay, great. Yeah, and as well, you said, Dr. Uh-huh, Williams, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was just saying, I'm sorry. As you said, the FDA actually, they actually uh, announced action against 1,300 retailers. And as you know, uh, one of the yeah. biggest ones is Juul, as you probably have heard right. about. They're the ones that apparently they've got, like they said, 70% of the business. So they're the ones that they're really looking at and really targeting. Uh, because yeah. of the, as you said, the unbelievable increase in the number of kids that are actually uh, using these e-cigarettes. Like I said, it's, it's unprecedented. I mean, it's, it's really, like I said, literally unprecedented. Yeah, uh, from what I read, uh, Doctor Gooch and Jeff, that they what the re- one of the reason for that is that they did some marketing. Number one, they figured out how to deliver high levels of nicotine in a way that right. wasn't hard. Number two, they packaged the product and streamlined it in a clever way, and it developed a social media and advertising campaign that made Jewel, uh, that making that, that particular e-cigarette cool and hip. So, you know, obviously they've got results, but that's going to really play negatively on, on a lot of people, I think. So, uh, yeah, and that's an excellent point. Uh, some of the other, um, I guess, rules that the FDA has against some of these companies is that even if they advertise, they can no longer use models. Apparently, before they were like, is there anything that makes you want to look cool and hip? Like even before, right. with our parents and their cigarette smoking, they would have actors or people, you know, some beautiful woman standing there with a cigarette in her mouth. So apparently they're no longer going to be allowed to use models to be advertising these e-cigarettes. And uh, I think they can only, they're only supposed to use adults from now on. I mean, I guess what you're saying, adults, not the beautiful people, but just regular adults. Since right. they were actually created, as we said, to stop adults from smoking, not to encourage kids to start. Exactly, exactly. It's amazing. Well, the other big thing yeah. in the news this week, is, of course, is the hurricane Um and I want to talk about that, but first I want to we're gonna we're gonna deviate a little bit because we know Jeff has to has to um, has to has to uh, leave um, in in a bit. But I want to go ahead and take a second commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about hurricane hurricane preparedness. So I think the, hopefully, unfortunately, there's been a few deaths there, and we're gonna uh, hopefully this next segment we're gonna help try to prevent future deaths and injuries. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hang on. Don't touch that radio. Don't touch that phone. Stay tuned so that you can be informed.
you're a content creator, social media socialite, influencer, or simply love to record current events, you need the joystick. The joystick is an essential tool for every type of digital content creator. It holds two or more mobile phones or tablets, allowing users to stream and record hands-free on multiple apps simultaneously. And it's lightweight and portable. For more information or to purchase your joystick today, visit our website at www.joystick.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for hanging on. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show here on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. With me today is our social producer, Mr. Jeffrey A. Lamar, and the none other than Dr. Denise Boots. <laughs> <laughs> now, before the break, we talked about, you know, I want to get to this hurricane because it's been a big deal uh, uh, this week. And, you know, I've lived in hurricane-prone, I'm going to call it hurricane-prone areas, and I know a lot of us get kind of, you know, ah, okay, here we go again, you know. You know, I've lived in Miami and, and Tampa and all these areas where the hurricane season really can be a be a bother. But, Jeffrey, since you're, you're in Florida, um, what are some of the things that, that you found and recommend uh, with regard to hurricane preparedness? Well, you know, when I came back here, I came in 2015, and then I was actually here when Hurricane Hermine hit uh, in 2016. And one of the big things is preparation, um, because once everything starts, it's, um, you know, you pretty much have to have everything you need, then batteries, gas, if you have a generator, gas for the generator, uh, some ice, uh, put water in the bathtub kind of thing. So I'll tell you a funny story. We can move on. So the hurricane hit a couple of days later. Everybody's getting start crazy. Mm-hmm. So trying to find coffee uh, for mm. uh, the couple's wife that I live with. So I'm driving around, trees down everywhere, can't get through. So I said, let me go on the north Look. side of town. So I went on the friend. north side of town. <laughs> Everything's open. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Because it didn't take the brunt, it was kind of, and they were on another okay. grid, which All was, right. you know, fine. Yeah, they were on another grid, and uh-huh. uh, I'm like, it's a line at Taco Bell, you know. Uh-huh. So you know, if Taco Bell is a line at Taco Bell, it's it's full. So I get the coffee. I said, well, we can go back over here later to pick up some stuff because we had the water, the batteries, the radio, uh, kind of thing. Because the power was completely out, we were without power. For seven days. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Um, and oh, most okay. of it was because the tree lines down. It wasn't. It wasn't the devastation of a Maria, um, or the one that happened in Houston. But the problem here is Tallahassee is a canopy road uh, area, and there are a lot of older trees here, and they're right over the road, which is why they call it Canopy Road. And they the the lines were just down, so we did not have the devastation but you still experience some of the same things like the power outages. Uh, so you have to have certain things. So I go back out to get something to eat. So I go to, I didn't want Taco Bell, McDonald's line down the street. <laughs> uh, mm. Five guys is open. Mm. So I go to five guys and I'll wrap this up. Go in there. There's quite a few people in there. Get in line. The line to get the food wasn't long, so I'm like, okay, cool. Here's where I made the mistake. I paid for the food. I looked at the ticket. My ticket said number one, just say number 180. They were serving number six. Oh, my goodness. What? (laughs) So I was in five guys for like two and a half hours waiting on my food. Wow. Oh, no. Wow. But amazing. after you've eaten food that you you know just leftovers and stuff that you right. eat, you want some hot food, right? But the right. big thing was we had we had a generator, we had batteries, we had water, mm-hmm. and we had um, flashlights. Um, okay. So you you have to have the basic you know, and they have you can go to FEMA, you can go to the uh, the federal site is uh let me pull it up they have hurricane sites it's uh www.ready.gov they have all kinds right. of information you need an emergency kit if you have pets you have to plan for the pets uh if you're going right. to stay in the house there's certain things you need to do if you're going to evacuate you have to listen to what they tell you to do because the worst thing you can do is be stuck on a road and it floods and you're in your car. That's one of the worst things that you can do. Or if you think it's only two feet of water and it's actually six or they're down power lines. I mean, we experienced all this here, but I can only imagine being somewhere where you have a major category three, four or five hurricane, like Puerto Rico experienced or they experienced in the Island or Houston experience or uh, the, the flooding that they have now in the Carolinas, uh, you you know, we have to listen is the busiest, thing, busiest, best thing I can say, and you have to listen to the warnings and pay attention to the warnings and have your already have things. You can't go to the store on a run when everybody else is there. It took us, uh, when we did, uh, were able to leave, we stood in line for an hour to get gas. 
for the generator, just for the. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Well, that's the thing, uh, you know, because I, I was looking at some of that data, and you know, I, you know, if you know, a lot of people don't want to evacuate, and they want to stay and hold the fort down. But you know, I, you know, what I saw also was, you know, if you need to evacuate, you know, like you said, they need to listen. You know, number one, take the advice of the local authorities. You know, but what you also you don't want to do is unplug all your appliances, your TVs, and your right. computers before leaving the house. Right. Uh, right. Remove the fuses from your air conditioner system to prevent damage. Turn off your water to prevent flooding from broken uh, pipes. Right. Turn off the gas to prevent leaks, and um, you know determine escape routes from your home and a nearby place to meet with with your loved ones. That way, everybody knows where everywhere everyone is. You know, I, I thought we you know we hit on that evacuation yeah. thing because a lot of people. I'm not sure everybody's told how to evacuate and what they need to do. Right, and as you said, Doctor Yeah, that's Williams, why you have to listen. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said that's why you have to listen to the instructions. Yeah. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and right. they they also recommended that you uh, now if you're gonna stay home, then you need to locate a safe room, uh, safest area in, in, in any house. Now that's kind of difficult, uh, but you know as best as you can. And you also need to discuss the type of hazards that could affect your family and know your home's vulnerability. So if you know that, you know, I don't know, let's say, uh, you know, the, your your uh, one side is more uh, on the side with, with trees, then you might not be, need to be on that side. Um, you need to stock non-perishable food supplies, like you said, bottled water, first aid kit, battery-powered uh, radio, flashlight. Um, they also recommend that you adjust your refrigerator temperature to the coldest settings, to reduce the potential for spoiling. Uh, and so, and then, like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, you know, fill the bathtub and sink with water. So, you know, those are things you can right. do if you decide to stay home. Yeah, right. Other things I noticed on the FEMA website, which I think is interesting, it said look for potential hazards around your home. And sometimes right. when people live in places like Florida, they say look for coconuts for uh, maybe trees that may blow over, you know, any other objects in those trees that actually could hit your property if there's a lot of wind or, you know, broken glass or things flying around. They say, if possible, cut them off and store them indoors, as well as any lawn furniture, trash cans, any garden equipment, all those things, hanging plants, anything that's outside that potentially could hit your house or break windows or something like that in high wind to bring those inside they all must be brought indoors right and, and now we've mentioned what to do uh, you know i i i came across some things what not to do <laughs> so <Yeah. one> is, <laughs> do not handle electrical equipment and do not use the telephone right. except in an emergency do not go outside even if the storm appears right. to be subsided uh they say the calm or the, they call the eye of the storm can pass quickly, and boom, you're right in the middle of a storm again. Uh, they also right. recommend it. Do not use candles during the storm. That was kind of different. They could cause a fire, stick with battery-operated flashlight. And lastly, do not walk, swim, or drive through floodwaters. Six to 12 right. inches of water is all it takes to take you down uh 
or or flood you know flood your car. So those are some things that you should not do during the hurricane. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's excellent. It's kind of interesting. So I, I think uh, it's one of those things that hopefully we can you know uh, you know we can. The, the good thing is that we've come sophisticated enough as mankind to be able to predict a hurricane. Uh, you know, uh, just picture back several, several, uh, I don't know, decades or centuries ago when that was not necessarily the case, and you know, all, all of a sudden, you know, you have this storm. But now we have the, the I'm gonna, I'm gonna just call it the privilege uh, to, to know that hey, something is is coming, and we need to do what we can uh, to, to, to make this a, a better situation. Yeah, yeah, that sir. sounds great. Well, all I can say oh, is, Jeffrey, also, you uh-huh. – go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I said you also have to go be ahead, careful Jeffrey. about, you know, your food too. Mm-hmm. You know, your food, like the refrigerator, because, I mean, you may think it's still good. You don't want to, like, you know, if it's frozen, you can refreeze it. But if it starts to thaw, you partially cook it or it partially thaws, milk, you know, fresh eggs, you know, some of those things can only – some uh, eggs can stay fresh uh, five to seven days, uh, but if they get cracked or if they have an order, don't use them. You know, you definitely have to be careful with milk. You have to be careful with meat, and you also need to be careful about, uh, you know, regular drinking water. So list, you have to listen to the authorities for the, uh, you know, for the water too, using it as well because you don't want to drink or use any contaminated water. After the storm's over, right, right, yeah, and 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 lastly, uh, you know, after the storm is over, don't go near down power lines um, because no. you know, obviously that's going to be a no. putting yourself at risk. So, you know, hopefully these kind of things will, will will help us out here with regard to you know preparedness. Um, another thing this week, um, uh, Doctor Gooch, uh, you know, I you know I know you and I deal with this kind of every day with this. With cancer treatment, I think we've we've gone quite well with cancer treatment. Uh, as as right. we don't, we know we can't cure everything, but if we get it early, we can try right. to do something about it and do something about it. But apparently, even with these benefits of treatment, uh, I read, uh, and I think you read read this too about information that not everybody, you know, is out there benefiting from these new treatment modalities that are positively affecting um, patients who are diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, excellent point, Dr. Williams. Um, There was a great article uh, that was recently, uh, I guess, displayed on ABC News about amazing advancements against cancer, but not everyone benefits. And to me, it was kind of a good news, bad news type of article, and that the good news is that cancer-related deaths in the U.S. fell by 26% since 2001. So that's the good news. And we have a lot more different treatments, a lot more targeted treatments, and a lot more treatment modalities in order to treat cancer. So that's the good news. But as you just stated, everyone doesn't benefit from it. There's still health disparities. And unfortunately, we still see them in certain types of cancer, especially breast cancer in African-American and Latina women, that Mm -hmm. they're more likely to be diagnosed at a more advanced stage of breast cancer. 
They're more likely to be diagnosed at a younger age with breast cancer, and they're more likely to be diagnosed with the more aggressive type of breast cancer, what we call the triple negative breast cancer. So we, you know, as though we've made a lot of progress, but we still have a lot of work to do, including trying to get these women who seem to have maybe underserved or maybe not getting diagnosed early enough to either enroll them in clinical trials, try to get them screened and diagnosed and treated at an earlier stage so everyone can benefit from this and not just certain select groups. And maybe we can reduce some of these health disparities. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's very key uh, with regard to stay in tune. And that's one of the purposes of the Weekly Wellness Show. We've had some great guests on here to bring this information to you. You know, right now you have, you know, before people see the doctor, they consult a lot of times Dr. Google. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Or Dr. YouTube. You know, know, they use technology. I mean, Jeff, you, I mean, you, you, I mean, you're a technology guy, but, you know, I think you and I had conversations on this show about, you know, the healthcare, health gadgets and that kind of thing. But any comments on, on, uh, on the article that, that was mentioned? Yeah, first of all, the disparities, I think it's the information and being able to find it. And first of all, and uh, we, you know, I've been holding back some information. I mean, Dr. Aaron knows I haven't publicly uh, said on the show, so this would be a good time as any. Dr. Kluge, I've been diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. Okay. And I'm currently going through the treatments, and had it not been, I, I want to uh, go on the record for personally thanking Dr. Williams. Uh, so it's always good to have an oncologist in your back pocket, you know, to ask questions <laughs> and run things. Also, uh, I was right. telling them what I was going through, and, uh, you know, I was given one, you know, option, and he recommended that I, you know, get a second opinion and get a what we call a multidisciplinary consultation. And uh, my girlfriend happens to be the research queen, uh, so <laughs> she found a, a cancer treatment center for me to go to, and I have been thoroughly happy, first of all, with the information that I've been provided about uh, prostate cancer as well as the thoroughness of what they have been doing to make sure that uh, it's treated properly and I don't have to, you know, go through the process again. And so I just want to first of all thank, thank Dr. Williams for, you know, and I probably went, you know, even if we didn't have the show, I still would have probably run it by him. But the show has been a platform for me as a consumer of medical uh, information to be able to learn more things and actually be able to contribute to information to others. So I'd like to thank both of you all today uh, for that. And um, the treatment process has been going well for me. And we'll probably, as things, I haven't, you know, I've started some of it. So when I'm kind of trying to keep a diary so we can do a show on, you know, that process and how I felt emotionally, you know, because it's more than just the physical aspect of it. It's the emotional, it's the support, and, you know, how you view it and take care of yourself. So I'm still trying to maintain my same lifestyle uh, so that I can be as healthy as possible as I go through the process. So I just wanted to interject that into 
everything we just discussed. No, that's excellent. And he's right, Dr. Williams. I think that would be a wonderful show. I mean, as you said, you, as an oncologist, we're both oncologists, and I give a lot of talks in the community about prostate cancer, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. and the different treatment options and things like that. So I think that's a wonderful idea for a show. Yeah, I agree. I know another person that would be glad to come on. You know, it's, it's you know one thing uh, about the scenario is you know we as healthcare professionals, particularly on the weekly wellness show, you know uh, we 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 deliver information uh, to the public. But it, it would be you're right. It would be good to have, a, you know, uh, and we talk about how uh, a lot of some cancers that we can we can cure and patients can do well. It would be good to have some survivors on the show to talk about that. And I think that's something we'll go ahead and work on and put, you know, have a larger roundtable that includes not only, right. you know, us as health professionals, but also people who have been through the treatment. And so as right. Jeff has said, it's not just the, the, the physical aspects of it. It's the psychological aspect of it. You know, no one of wants course. to hear that they have the big C. But, you know, the good thing about it is that, well, this is not 50 years ago, and in some cases this is not 10 years ago, where when we sit down and tell a patient about our options, we may have one, two, three, four, five options as opposed to, right. you know, 50 years ago or 10 years ago, we may be, may be only talking about one or two. And I think this is the case that happened with Jeffrey. And I think the biggest thing, what I'm recommending is that, you know, uh, don't hesitate to get a second opinion and uh, always. always get your case presented before a multidisciplinary. Multidisciplinary meaning that, you know, there are several ways of treating the type of cancer and you need to have all those different disciplines, those different, your surgeon, your radiation oncologist, and your chemotherapy doctor, all there deciding what's best for you. Absolutely. No, that's, yeah, that's actually very I, powerful. Yeah. And I agree and, uh, with that because had I not talked to you, I wouldn't have known about those options. I probably would have just gone with the first option. And I think when the disparities, how to relate that to the disparities is the people don't get that information to know that they had the, those options. And I would not probably have known about those options if we were not, first of all, friends. And, you know, we were already, you know, doing this, but also the show can provide a medium for uh, people with those questions or concerns to, to kind of uh, reduce those disparities. Cause it's all about the information that you can obtain and receive. Right. Right. Yeah, information is power, and not everybody, uh, if not uh, uh, not all treatment, one treatment for one person may not be suitable for another, and uh, therefore you definitely need to explore your options. And in this article, I think it, like I said, talks about these disparities, and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. the Weekly Wellness Show can help with uh, kind of you know, do do a small part in closing the gap. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of the things. That's why we're here. Uh, now the other thing that came up. Um, this week uh, was the fact that seven United States, seven states in the U.S. now have an adult obesity rate of greater than 35%. Now, the reason this is a big deal is that it's up from zero within the last five years. So, (laughs) yeah, it's up from zero uh, for the past five years. And this this came from uh, PBS and uh and uh and the CDC and so those seven states 
And uh, I'm going to go ahead and list them. Alabama, Arkansas, Iowa, Louisiana, Mississippi, Mississippi, Oklahoma, as well as West Virginia, uh, which itself had the highest rate in the country at 38%. Now, who, which state had the lowest? Anybody want to take a guess? Uh, probably someplace like, I don't know, New Hampshire or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are you laughing? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I just, you know, I'm looking at the answers, so I'm always I'm laughing just to see. Jeff, are you still there? Uh, any, any guesses? Who had the lowest? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm a little surprised, too. It was, uh. Colorado had the lowest obesity rate of uh, at twenty two percent, but ironically, uh, and only Hawaii and Washington D.C. were the only places where fewer than one in four adults were obese. So this what? is this says a whole lot. Yeah, it's you know, and 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 you know, they went and subcategorized that. And they saw that um, they, they looked at you know, education. Adults without a high school degree had an obesity rate of 35.6 percent versus 32. Um, and uh, of course, when it comes to ethnic groups, the uh, the obesity rate for uh, African American adults was 39 percent compared to 32 percent for Hispanics and 29. Point three percent for for uh, for the Caucasian population. So, you know, this is a big deal uh, because number one, again, this has not happened over the past five. This is a big increase, just like with the with the with the vaping thing. Um, and the CDC, you know, put this out and, and recommended some solutions. You know, they you know they wanted to bring back and 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 have the states kind of command or demand that they implement 60-minute physical education back in schools. Um, Right. They also wanted to propose a bill that Medicare pay for obesity counseling, and they wanted the hospitals to to look at stop serving bad food and sugary drinks. So, um, you know, uh, this is uh, another major, major thing that's, that's come up to no surprise. Any comments? As you just stated, um, the CDC also mentions the uh, prevalence of obesity among young people ages 2 to 19, and they said in 2015 and 2016 it was 18.5%. And for school-aged children between the ages of 6 and 11, it's 18.4%. But even around preschool children, 2 to 5 years old, it's 13.9%. Wow. So that's actually the overall among all adolescents um, between 12 and 19 was 20.6%. So that's just taking everyone across the board. Wow. It, it's a problem. Um, you know, right. a, lot of, a lot of diseases that we have, particularly heart disease, we had a great show back in February on heart disease, hypertension. A lot of that is pretty much can be, I won't say uh, cured or or completely go to zero, but you know, right. uh, you know, uh, Jeff and Doctor. I mean, I saw I, I saw a patient a few months ago, two patients uh, that had really advanced colon cancer, and um, yeah. they were in their late fifties. And as mm-hmm. you know, at the age of fifty, uh, you should have everyone should have a colonoscopy, uh, unless you've had a family member with colon cancer. You should get it earlier. 
But neither one of these uh, patients, unfortunately, had a colonoscopy, and now uh, we are are looking at them and treating them for advanced colon cancer. So we've really got to pay attention to the guidelines. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, this year, the American Cancer Society just changed the guidelines. Now uh, the age for screening, I just wrote an article for um, the newsletter for one of my local hospitals, they changed the guidelines to change the age of screening to age of 45 because of what you just said, because they've wow. noticed the, the, you know, the increased incidence and, as you said, death rate from colon cancer. So waiting until age 50 did seem to be pretty much too late. So right. now, as of this year, they actually have changed the guidelines to recommend people start screening for colon cancer at the age of 45 for the reasons you just stated. Wow. Yeah, it that, just changed is, this year. That is amazing. Yeah, that I wrote an article about that. Great, great. Um, well, and, you know, I, I guess I want to close out with something that's at least positive. positive. You know, I like to bring up the problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to bring up the solutions as well. I talked about obesity. You know, another topic that came out this week on CNN, you know, everybody at least kind of know or should know that the Mediterranean diet has a lot of benefits. Uh, the Mediterranean right. diet is, you know, as for those of you who don't know, uh, consists of less meat, particularly fatty meat, uh, and more plant-based food, uh, such as vegetables, fruits, legumes, unrefined grains, olive oil, and fish. And this study, from what I saw, came out of Italy, and the big deal about it was that they looked at the older population. They looked at people greater than 65. They wanted to see that does this this benefit carry out uh, even in that age group, which I guess, in, in, coincidentally, you probably think it would, but it's always good to document and have this published in the peer-reviewed journal. This was published in the British Journal of Nutrition. Uh, but And they thought that this was a key, an article, because this showed a direct correlation with being between being on a Mediterranean diet and the risk of mortality. Uh, and they looked right. at 5,000 people, and uh, they saw they had fewer deaths. Uh, related to this, and they monitor these uh, these people very closely. So, you know, I, you know, uh, you know. So again, we brought up the obesity factor and this big increase that we've seen over the past five years. But I think the solution to that is to consider, you know, uh, this type of diet. Right, and the Mayo Clinic actually has a book on that, the Mediterranean Diet, a Heart Healthy Eating Plan, and it it describes what you just said, more plant based. Um, mm -hmm. Even they actually say a glass of red wine now and then. I guess that's one, right. of the, one of the things I guess a lot of people remember about the Mediterranean diet. Okay. But as you said, mainly a lot of fruits and vegetables, fish and whole grains, and to, of course, limit the unhealthy fats. And uh -huh. as you stated, they've actually looked at uh, meta-analysis of different studies and of 1.5 million healthy adults, they noticed that when they changed to the Mediterranean diet, they basically mm -hmm. had a reduced risk of cardiovascular disease um, as well as death from cardiovascular disease. So, wow. And they're looking at maybe it could decrease the incidence of cancer, Parkinson's mm -hmm. disease, and Alzheimer's disease. Wow. 
And women, yeah, they actually looked at women who ate the Mediterranean diet and supplemented it with extra virgin olive oil actually had a, well, they're suggesting maybe a reduced risk of breast cancer. So all the things we talked about, you're right. That looks like, as you said, maybe there is something, a solution that we need to look at. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Well, you know, we are what we eat. I mean, (laughs) I guess that's the bottom line. (laughs) And that, so, that glass of red wine, right? Right, yeah. I like that glass of red wine. I guess I got to. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard out. you laugh when I said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to talk about some of the other stuff that I, <laughs> that I consume every once in a while. Uh, but, uh, but, Jeff, any comments? <laughs> well, yeah, even related to some of the treatments and things that I'm going through, and, mm. you know, the recommendations were to, A, lose weight, you know, uh, uh-huh. B, cut out the refined sugars and processed foods, and, you know, I'm actually making my own juices now and uh, drinking a kombucha and trying to mm-hmm. eat a more uh, less meat and proteins and more vegetables and whole grain. So now I'm looking at labels. If it's not non-GMO on there and uh, right. if it's That's processed important. and refined, I'm not, I'm trying, you know, I'm not a hundred percent doing it, but I'm more aware of it. Um, I'm buying more fruits and vegetables, um, you know, to kind of aid in the healing process uh, for me. Right. Uh, I'm also a cardiac arrest survivor uh dr gooch and uh, oh my goodness so i've been more attuned to you know what i what i eat and you know right. how i um you know how i how i am uh you know overall because like i said it's not just what you eat is it's also some you know uh i guess emotional psychological spiritual uh things you have to have in balance as well so now as you you know we've all you know Aaron alluded to us being older. I think, you know, we're just a little more in tune of our bodies mm-hmm. now and, and the things we need to do and the working out and the making sure to get the exercise. I have my Fitbit set to 12,500 steps, so I try to meet that goal. So it's, the you know, wow. the obesity thing I think is a lot to do with uh, processed foods and what we ingest, and I think that's also a major contributor to the fact of, uh, some of the uh, cancers as well. So the right. more we concentrate on what we consume, even the vapes and things, we don't know at this point how that's affecting us health, you know, how that'll be affecting those uh, kids health-wise. Health but I'm pretty sure exactly. a study will come out about how right. they contributed to something, whether it would be a mental uh, cause of something or physical right. uh you know, detriment to the body. So, you know, we just have to be more conscious and like uh, Aaron said earlier, uh, information is power. Definitely. Well, I tell you. Well, you know, hey, we've had some great topics today, and I I really, really, like I said, you know, I feel like I'm sitting in the living room here. (laughs) (laughs) Having a glass of red wine, right, Dr. Williams? I don't think we're missing a glass of red wine. (laughs) The red wine. (laughs) You know, but... You know, I, I, but it's great that we're able to discuss some great. And we got to do this again. We got to do this again. Absolutely. And, uh, and bring out the, you know this good news to everybody. So I'd like to thank you both for coming on the show and talking about this and contributing your expertise and knowledge 
uh, to these topics. So we got to do this again. But I want to say once again, thank you so very much. Thank My you for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Always a pleasure, Dr. Williams. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. <laughs> no problem at all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another great episode of the Weekly Wellness Show. Once again, we want you to join us next week and also catch us on our social media. So until then, we encourage you to be healthy, be happy, and be kind. Rite Aid, we want to help create a flu-free community. So get a flu shot to protect yourself and everyone around you. It's free with most insurance and you don't need an appointment. Vaccines available while supplies last. Age restrictions apply in some states. See pharmacist for details. Hi, I'm your Rite Aid pharmacist. Last flu season was the worst in nearly a decade. So this year, it's even more important to come get your flu shot. It's free with most insurance and you don't need an appointment. You'll be protecting yourself and everyone around you. So stop by your local Rite Aid today and help us create a flu-free community. Vaccines available while supplies last. Age restrictions apply in some states. See pharmacist for details.